Hey everyone, welcome to another great episode of the Smooth Business Growth Podcast where we share 15 minutes of fast-paced, pure marketing strategies proven to move the needle in your business. So I'm your host and Captain Lindsay Phillips. I am the founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth where we help busy entrepreneurs attract and acquire customers faster through powerful and consistent content marketing. In fact, if you go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com, you can download your social media roadmap to help you do just that. And today I I am thrilled to be speaking with uh, Robin Waite, business coach, author, speaker, who's going to share how you can become more profitable in your in your business. And I mean, who doesn't want that, right? So stay tuned. Let's set sail and dive in. Welcome aboard, Robin. Well, uh, Captain Waite reporting for duty. <laughs> Awesome. And you are going to help us sail towards more profits. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, what, you know, name me a few things that we're not doing to be more successful. Like, what are we, what are we missing? Well, the, the uh, I, I, a lot of my philosophies come from um, Napoleon Hill's thinking very rich. So I'm yeah. sure several of your readers probably read that. Um, but he talks about three things. So they are first and foremost to have a goal. So that's a bit like punching the postcode into a sat nav or the zip code into a sat nav. If you don't have that in place, you're kind of just driving randomly yeah. around the countryside, not knowing where you're heading. The second thing then is once you punch that postcode and you've got your goal, you can then start to reverse engineer it and, um, work out what activities you need to be doing in your business to achieve that goal. And not only that, but what volume of activities. Um, and this is where most people fail. They go, I've got this great idea for a business, but they don't have a great business for the idea. And they just set off and they think that everybody's going to love their thing. And then when they start doing marketing and I'm doing like, you know, inverted commas around that, you know, doing loads of stuff on social media, they wonder why it doesn't work for them. And it's because they just haven't bothered to punch postcode in. So um, we've got to have the, direct, the, the goal. We've got to know what activities we're doing and how much. And then finally, we've got to have, I think in small, small business world, especially a massive desire to achieve that goal because quite frankly, like business is quite hard in the, it in, is. In the modern, modern day. You know, the internet is supposed to have made it easier, but actually the reality is it's made it 10 times harder. And I can give you some stats on that if you want. Um, but, uh, but basically there are more businesses than there have ever been. So it's harder for any business to be found these days. Yeah. Um, and, and once you make that simple paradigm shift and go, well, actually business is quite hard. All of a sudden it does become easier because you can, you become much more focused on what exactly it is you're doing. So, but when, but most business owners will have gone through some kind of a struggle at least once at some point during their business life. So you've got to have this massive desire to achieve your goals in order to overcome those obstacles and challenges as they get thrown up. And, and if you're missing any one of those three things, the goal, the activities or the desire, your business is never going to grow and, and get you to where you want it to be. I love that. And I love how, I mean, we all have, you know, we all have goals, but sometimes they're not really set properly or they're not, I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong with goals, but yeah, to have the drive and the activities and, and no, I mean, you need that clarity and that focus, right? 100%. And I think um, most, like I said, most people just go, I've got this fantastic idea. I've got made this great product. And they ask their friends and family and they go, yeah, that's great. You should sell some of them. And they don't know how many of them they need to be selling yeah. in order to make the business like have a turnover. And, and then they don't realize that there are um, things called overheads costs that then start to suck away some of that turnover. And then they wonder why they've got no profit at the end of it. And it's just poor planning, yeah. basically. 
they uh, I, I won't say the full phrase, but there is a phrase in the Navy, I think, about piss poor planning, basically, which um, <laughs> uh, in, and it prevents it prevents something possible, something about performance. But I can't remember the quote exactly. I should probably have looked it up. But um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a well known saying over here in the UK. Yeah. And like, I just see so many business owners just like fumbling around in the dark. Totally. With no, they haven't planned and they wonder why it's not working. No, I agree. And you mentioned that magical P word profit. So, and I know, you know, you have great experience uh, helping other businesses get more profits. And so like, how are we leaving money on the table? What are we doing wrong? The most common um, mistake I see business owners make, especially service-based businesses. And that's kind of who I predominantly work with. Um, They, they uh, are looking at the competition, for example, and they go, oh, well, if, if everybody's charging the same price, I should charge the same right. price. And, and normally what that, you know, and let's call it 95% of the other businesses in your sector, they're all charging the same. But I always ask, like most people might be charging that price, but how do we know they're actually right? And the reality yeah. is that there are, how many, how many people, how many businesses in the US? You know, there's a lot. Okay, we don't need all of the businesses. We probably, in most of our businesses, only need 10 or 20 really loyal clients who buy from us on a regular basis. We don't need all the clients. Now, when you think about it like that, there's going to be 10 or 20 people out there who will pay a little bit more Mm -hmm. for a better service, better um, customer, customer service interaction, high quality product, being able to have it delivered faster, you know, and I'm not just talking 10 or 20% more. I'm talking like double, treble, quadruple yeah. the price that the other 95% of people are charging in, in your industry. Um, and for most people, it's just a, a confidence thing. They, they lack the yeah. confidence to be able to put themselves out there and kind of play the game basically. Um, and, and test the pricing because nobody's told them that they can do this. So it takes a coach, you know, somebody like you or me to come along and say, well, Hey, actually, why don't you just try doubling the price and see whether anybody goes for it or not? And then somebody buys it and they go, Oh, I wish I'd done that sooner. I know. Right. <laughs> I, I, I've done the exact same thing, Robin. And I was like, I can't ask for that much. Or like, you know what I mean? And then you get someone that doesn't even quiver. They're like, yep, yeah, you know, I'm in blah, blah, blah. And you're like, dang, <laughs> why didn't I do it sooner? <laughs> and what, what surprises me as well is like big businesses make this, mis- make the same mistake like time and time again. I sat down in front of a um, firm of accountants and they had, they were, um, Big, big in many respects. They had two and a half thousand clients and about just over a, was a 2.1 million pound turnover. So about two and a half million dollars turnover. Um, 50 members of staff. Now I sat down with the, the MD, the finance director, sales and marketing director and three other department heads. Um, six very bright people. About 15 minutes into our first conversation, I just said, when did you last put your prices up? And it was synchronized face palming with the, t- the two, um, the finance director and the, the, the managing director. And they, they muttered together something. And I said, what was that? And they said, six years ago. Oh. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of was, you know, I stood up at that point and I got on my high horse and said, you got to put your prices up. And they were like, get fighting it. And I said, look, you're going to put your prices up. Basically, this is what you're paying me the money for. You've got to put your prices up. And I, I tried to get them to go to 20%. They, only, they settled on 10, which I thought was a bit weak, but they could have gone for more. <laughs> but the reality was when you actually started to drill down into the numbers of their business, um, they weren't leveraged very well. So they were turning over just over 2 million, but their profit was about a hundred thousand yeah. pounds. Okay. So 5% profit margin. Now we put the price up by 10%. 
there was zero attrition. So they lost none of their two and a half thousand yeah. clients. And this was in six weeks we managed to achieve this. And, and that 200,000 pounds extra turnover dropped straight down to the bottom. So we trebled the profit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think a lot of that, that's, that's where proper money is left sat on the table. And the other, the other thing as well is I think a lot of um, business owners, they, they see something, they see a problem, but it's actually the wrong problem in their business. So oh. yeah, I, did, I did some work for um, a company that does tool hire and repair and power tools. And they doing reasonably well, actually turning over about 20 grand, 20,000 pounds a month. And um, they thought they had a sales and marketing problem, right? They thought that they didn't have enough clients walking in through the door. Mm-hmm. When I looked at their business, they had a shelf full of tools that needed repairing about 10,000 pounds worth. So there's half a month's worth of cash right yeah. there. The other problem was, so I don't know about, again, you know, I'm going to make a sweeping statement here, but whether it's the same in, in the States is over in the UK, but tradesmen, builders, electricians, mm-hmm. plumbers over here, they're not the most reliable people. Um, there are some good ones. So I'm not, yeah. you know, for the good ones out there. but they had 40, 40,000 pounds mm-hmm. of trade debt. Ooh. Yeah. So we, again, we collected, um, I, I basically said, shut the doors. We don't need any more clients. You've got 50, 50,000 pounds worth of cash sat on the table yeah. here, mend the tools. We'll get a debt collection agency to come in and factor that, factor those invoices and get that money back into the business. Then we'll open the doors up again. And I got the international sign of distress. No, no, we couldn't possibly close the doors. <laughs> right. But, but uh, we did it yeah. and, and it worked. So yeah. Sounds very counterintuitive, but they didn't realize quite what, what the, the depth of the problem was within their business. And sometimes you need that outside person to kind of give that objective point of view. And, and yeah, because sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees or you're so focused on something else that you're not seeing the true problem. I never thought oh, of massively. that before. But yeah, that's huge. Yeah. I, I always say to people like, you know, you know, you don't need a business coach, but you need somebody in your life, you know, who not your, not family because they're mm-hmm. biased, yeah. but you need, you need a, an associate, a colleague, a friend, somebody who is also running a business like you going through the same struggles, the same problems, challenges, and whatever else, the same journey that you can sit down, have a beer with and actually talk about problems in your business. Because, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm no different. I'm not immune just because I'm a business coach. Yeah. You probably find this too, that oh, somebody totally. will say something to you like, oh God, why didn't I, I think, why didn't I think of that? Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was, um, I, I'm happy to share. I was doing um, 90 minute consultations um, when I first started out coaching. And then my mentor said, well, why are you doing that? Because I bet if you shortened it by a third, you'd, you'd actually double your conversion rate. And I was like, no, don't be daft. <laughs> and uh, uh, lo, lo and behold, I start doing 30 minute diagnostic calls, And then next thing you know, I've, I've doubled my conversion rate yeah. and my ticket stuff. And it's just the, those, those tiny tweaks. You need yeah. a perspective. So true. So enlightening. Um, now I know you've got this great book, take your shot and it shares, you know, how to make more money, attract more clients and grow your business. Um, so you do touch upon, you know, pricing mistakes and profitability in your book. So can you kind of walk us through what your book is about? Yeah. So Russ was one of my, my earliest coaching clients. He was um, really great fun to work. Similar to me, he had a young family and he was going through the same business struggles that I've, we've talked about already. But um, for him, it, um, golf's a fun one because it's an outdoor sport. If it got to a Saturday and it was chucking it down with rain, anything up to six out of eight of his clients just wouldn't show up for the lessons. So that's not too big a problem in its own right. But the mm-hmm. problem where the problem came in is they were paying cash at the end of the lesson. 
Mm. Yeah. So they don't show up, they don't pay. You're right. Yeah. And then he was paying uh, a fee to the golf course to rent, to hire the bay out for the lessons. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the day, he was left with about 10 pounds and he lived an hour away from the course. So that was then going on diesel yeah. for his car. So he made nothing. Um, so we kind of set about changing that. And it was, it was um, what it came down to was the value proposition. So yeah. this wasn't, wasn't so much about pricing, but it was really down to the value proposition. And I, he was asking questions of clients, prospects, when they came into the, the pro shop, you know, how long have you played golf or what clubs do you play with? When do you want to start lessons? There was no like outcome based on that. Right. And I, I drilled him and drilled him and drilled him. And then finally we got down to the crux of it. And he had this one guy who was um, just become a sales rep in a, a big like multinational um, manufacturing business. And he'd been put in a four ball competition at work with the MD of the business. And apparently this guy said to him that all I want to do is out drive and drive straighter off the first tee than my MD because I want him to notice me. <laughs> this guy's been in the business for like four weeks or something. So I was like, cool, there's your value proposition. And we yeah. developed five, five similar products around that. And then we had the conversation about pricing and he was like, okay, well, um, how, you know, can we do this in eight weeks, an eight week course basically? And we got to pricing and I said, okay, he was charging about 25 pounds per hour lesson. And I just said, well, you know, let's do five, nine, five for a package of eight weeks. Again, international sign of distress couldn't possibly charge that much. Nobody, <laughs> the other golf pros will laugh at me. Um, you know, and I said, well, what's the harm in trying? So we printed off 10 like, um, contracts, which I'd sketched out and he signed up three clients in the first week. Nice. Effectively three times the price of what he was doing before, but the value proposition is like the really, yeah. one of the other mistakes, which a lot of people make is they, um, they discount like on, on the first sale. So they offer discounts to attract people in. And, and again, I'm kind of like, di discounts are a good offer, but why don't we upsell somebody and then discount? Right, right. Yeah. So we, we add more value and in the process of adding more value, we can build a discount into it. But I see a lot of people, especially with, um, you know, crafting type businesses, maybe they make jewelry and things like that. They'll be doing like two for one to get the first sale in there. And the thing is because they haven't, they fo they're focusing so much on the front end, that first sale, not thinking about the customer lifetime value that mm. the client will take the two for one and disappear. Cause there's another nine jewelry makers around the corner who are also doing two for one offers. Right. And just customers are just cleaning up. And the, the reality is we've got to get people into like, we've got to build relationships with people. Yeah. And, and that means setting our stall out, you know, right from the word go, you know, t setting people's expectations and saying, no, no, I'm not, not in the market for discounting because my products are the best. So you can go around the corner and get something cheaper, but it probably not, isn't the best, but you can right, right. buy my products and you know, they're the best. And not only that, but what I'll also do is, um, if you, if you let me know when your wife's anniversary is when, uh, her birthday is and, uh, uh, you know, I'll send you a reminder on Valentine's day. So you never have to worry about those special dates again. How about that? And, and you can start to see this, this relationship building up between yeah. client, client and supplier. Love it. You have given a wealth of information in a short amount of time. It's what I do. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's funny how we all devalue what we do and we're so focused on price sometimes and just all those different things like your value proposition and having confidence to, you know, ask for the amount of money that you, you know, deserve and, and yeah, as your book title says, you know, take your shot. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. All those little tweaks, man, I mean, and exponentially, right? Like it'll help you this month and it'll just grow and build upon itself and, and help you grow. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And then you can worry about systems and automation, and marketing and stuff like that yes. later. Absolutely. One thing at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So much to know. Um, And so how can people find your book? Uh, So it's on Amazon. Uh, So Amazon.com and .co.uk. So they can just search for Robin Waite. So that's Waite with an E on the end of it. Um, And then also uh, via my website, RobinWaite.com. And then all of my social media handles are at Robin M, M for Mother Waite. So I'm all over like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and things like that. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining. You gave us some, uh, I was listening intently and, and, and you know what, even if you know some of those things, it's really good to have a reminder. You're like, Oh yeah, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, what? I'll let you into a little secret when I'm coaching clients. Sometimes I, I have that moment of, Oh, I should probably do that myself. I know. Yeah. Believe you me. <laughs> it's kind of like the hairstylist where you're like, their hair doesn't look so great that day or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you. I've loved having you on. So that is this week's 50 minute cruise to move the needle in your business. It has come to an end folks. So Thank you again, Robin. It's been an absolute pleasure. Is it okay to disembark now? <laughs> hold, you, hold on. We'll let you go in a sec. Um, so yeah, folks, if you're looking to achieve uh, faster growth through blogs, videos, podcasts, social media, and sales funnels, look no further than smoothbusinessgrowth.com. So have a profitable and productive week, folks, and may the winds always be at your back. <laughs> <laughs>